Welcome, welcome, scribes and scribblers, to the Nib Section, official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Protectors and collectors or users and abusers, whichever way your pen game swings, you're in the right place. Uh, here together, through the wonders of the internet, we are currently uh, remotely roundtabling. There are schisms, rifts in the community. Uh, no, there aren't, but uh, most of us can't make it together today. So we are Skyping this to you, the listeners, uh, sharing in that online experience. So I'm, I'm here today with our producer-in-chief, the ever-present Diana Dye. Welcome, welcome. Hello, Chuck, for once. And, I'm, uh, I'm disappointed and aggrieved that I haven't been on the podcast officially until now. I have only myself well, to blame, of course. <laughs> that hasn't, yeah, that hasn't been because we we haven't urged you. You have you have showed up though. Yes, I know. It's like one of those um, uncredited appearances. Yeah, despite my best efforts. And uh, rounding out uh, the table, we have the ink monogamist and uh, has been present in the background of a few of our episodes, but is now front and center. Aiden O'Brien, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, and yes, you may have heard my snort and laughter in previous episodes oh and uncredited uncredited in the background i believe is aiden's cat who is the chief i think inspirer of this podcast and also our entire group and the reason that we're here at all she's the logo as well isn't she she is she is she is she's actually wandered off to go eat at the moment. Yeah, so if you look at um, the logo for the nib section, you see that little cat that's mucky there. Excellent. Um, and uh, as always, uh, I'm Chuck, and I'm here today for you guys. Uh, I probably know the least, well, definitely out of, out of these three, I, I know the least, so I'm going to be uh, your proxy listeners. I'm going to be finding out a lot about the Pelican Hubs today. Uh, before we get any further, uh, I know it's early, guys, but uh, what are we writing with? Yes, today I've got three pens with me. I've got my Pelican M805 Demonstrator inked up with Nitrogen Royal Blue because, well, I have to use that ink. Uh, and my other two are my thesis writing Corsani 90, the limited edition uh, from 2014, and the Caput Mundi, the Homo sapiens Caput Mundi. That was released earlier or late last year. Uh, what about what about you, Diana? Um, so I'm recording this at my desk and my study, so I have a lot of pens with me. But what I'm using right now to take notes is uh, my brand new Pilot Four Three Two, or is it Four? No, it's sorry, um, it's the Pilot Seven Four Three. I hate the numbering system. Um, the Pilot Seven Four Three in Burgundy, um, and it's inked with Diamine Buck. And I love this pen. It's the perfect weight and size, and it's just it's got this glorious fine nib. Um, it looks very unassuming, but um, sometimes the simplest things are the best. There's a there's a system to the pilot numbering, which we might get into another time. It's, it's not very <laughs> interesting, but there, there is a logic there. I'm also at my desk, and uh, I'm writing with a uh, Sailor uh, 1911. Relo, which I actually bought from Diana. Yeah. Uh, and this one is inked with Diamine Terracotta at the moment. I've got a bunch of other ones around, but that's the one I'm using for right now. So uh, we've got some reviews coming up. Diana, do you want to tell us something about the reviews that we've been getting? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a bit remiss at checking our reviews on iTunes, um, but I had a look the other week. Um, navigated the intricacies of the international iTunes page and so on. And um, there are a couple of five-star reviews, which was really exciting, and I thought I'd share a couple. So on the Australian iTunes page, My Music, My Life, no spaces, um, they gave us five stars, and they wrote, A strong start, fun, entertaining, and informative listen for the fountain pen world. New to fountain pens or an avid collector. Own just one, which you use every day, or dozens, which mostly sit in glass cases. Mostly in it for the beautiful ink colours, modern or vintage. This podcast will have something for just about everyone. Well done to the Nib Section team. Strong start. Thank you so much, My Music, My Life. Um, and on our US iTunes page, KFJ, that's spelt K-I-Y-E-F-J, 
They also gave us five stars and they said, fabulous. This is a really fun podcast. The enthusiasm of the hosts is infectious and engaging. It's great to hear the Oceania view of fountain pens and ink. I love that the hosts are a mix of opinions and experience with pens, ink, stationery and share their opinions with mutual respect and ink. Oh, sorry. Mutual respect and interest. Plus, I learned a lot about how to visit Japan to focus on stationery um, and perfect length podcast for listening on my drive to and from work. Keep up the good work and very entertaining. Um, That's definitely what we um, we time our our podcasts specifically for KFJ's drive to and from work. <laughs> yeah. Um, although commuting times, um, maybe Sydney is not the best um, average. Um, I think most not people, a, yeah, most people take anywhere between 20 and maybe an hour to get to work. Um, so we also got a bunch of reviews on our Facebook page, but for time reasons, um, I won't read them all. But thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Marcus, and everyone who wrote us a review on Facebook. We love hearing from you, and it really helps us know how we're doing. Um, we love reading your comments, so please keep them coming. So our uh, feature segment this week is all about the Pelican Hubs. Diana and Aiden, you guys got to talk with the Hong Kong hub master, Leo Falk, about the hubs, didn't you? Oh, we did. So, Chuck, I don't know if you've met Leo, but he's he's normally um, he normally lives in Hong Kong, but he visited Sydney a couple of months ago, and um, a bunch of us here in the local community got to meet him. I found out that he was going to be a hub master this year. And um, given that we're coming up on the hubs just in the next two weeks or so, um, I thought I'd arrange an interview with him and also with Aiden, who's our local hub master. Aiden? Great. Let's... Yeah, it was, a, it was fun getting to chat with Leo. I talk with him fairly frequently in the FPO Discord. So, yeah, he's a great guy and it was great to actually put a voice to the name and face. Yeah, um, just as background, we recorded this interview two weeks ago, right in the middle of Hurricane Harvey, and um, today we're recording just as Irma is about to hit Florida, I believe, and it's already devastated the Caribbean, um, so bear that in mind while you're listening to the interview, and at the same time, our thoughts and best wishes um, and our prayers if, if you pray, that is, um, they go out to everyone who's already been affected and who are going to be affected by the storms and the hurricanes. So, yeah. Every year since 2014, the German penmaker Pelican has sponsored an event that unites literally thousands of fountain pen enthusiasts around the world behind their avian logo. Even before I was fully inducted into the online fountain pen community, that summer of 2015, how so long ago, I was made aware of something going on from friends on Twitter. Their photos of Edelsteinings and gleaming Toledos with the mysterious hashtag Pelican Hubs. What exactly is the Pelican Hub? According to the official website for the 2017 Pelican Hubs, the meaning of the word hub is the centre core, a place from which all Pelican fans from all around the world can connect and form one big community. This year, on the 22nd of September, over 3,600 registrants will gather in 143 cities for the hubs. How does Pelican organise such a massive event? Well, the short answer is they let the locals do it themselves. For each hub, there is a hubmaster, someone who acts as the local contact person and organiser for the hub. The hubmasters are generally volunteers and anyone can apply to be a Pelican hubmaster for their city when they register for the hubs. Today, I'll be speaking with two of the hubmasters for 2017. First up, we have the ink monogamous, the exclusive property of Miss Marky the Bengal and leader by default of our revolution, Mr. Aidan O'Brien. How are you, Aiden? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Still recovering from the flu going around in Sydney, but otherwise good. Yeah, I'm sorry to get you up at such a late, uh, sorry, such an early hour of 11 a.m. <laughs> on a Monday. Uh, it's a hard life being a postgrad student. <laughs> also with me on the line from Hong Kong is the prolific hedgehog artist, the haunter of online pen auctions, the inquisitive quill himself, Mr. Leo Fogg. How are you, Leo? Hi. <laughs> morning. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, lately, we've been hit by two typhoons, and there's a third one coming. So it's been a spate of very rainy and then sunny and then rainy weather. Can you get out of the house while the typhoons are ongoing? Usually, no one dies. Uh, the yeah. only known deaths are like when people 
actually walk out when, when it hits and then and they get struck by falling trees. <laughs> okay, that's that's still pretty terrible. Um, but I gather that hurricanes are pretty common, I think, in Hong Kong. So yes. I guess you're well prepared for it, unlike um, what's happening in the US, southern coast. But yes. anyway, um, our well wishes go towards everyone in Texas and also in yes. Hong Kong. Anyway, um, to introduce myself, I'm Diana Dai, the NIP section producer slash writer slash enforcer of deadlines. I am also technically one of this year's Hubmasters, although I share those duties with Aiden. My contributions so far have mainly involved sitting back and letting Aiden do all the work because, hey, he's done it all before. Isn't that right, Aiden? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, Sydney's Hubmaster last year and I mainly brought Diana on for use of her car. Um, <laughs> Glad to be of service. Well, yes, yeah, because I, I remember how big the boxes were last year and were even larger this year, so oh. Sydney's ha- hammering around like 59 people plus I allow plus people who aren't registered to rock up, they just don't get the gift to come along, so we're expecting a fairly large uh, hub this year in Sydney, so there's a limit on how much I can actually carry. So f- 53, you said at last count? 59 or 53? 50, 59. 59. 59 plus Whoa. non-registered. That that sounds. Uh, I think I think we lost one to, because he start um he contacted Pelican because he's traveling and decided to go to a different and he's going to the hub in the city he's going to be in. But apart from that, yeah, fifty nine yeah. people. Pelican's pretty open about like changing like letting participants change yeah. cities. Like like if you go somewhere else, like okay, sure, we'll just contact the other hub master. Yeah, they don't have to deal with it. It's our business. <laughs> yeah, but fifty nine sounds fifty nine sounds massive, but it's it's nothing compared to Hong Kong, isn't that right? Uh, this last year we had twenty people. It was great. I just oh, wow. the cafe. Yes, and then uh, this year I got more involved in the local fountain pen community, and so um, we had a massive turnout from people like members of our regular Facebook group. Yeah. And now we have 82. Whoa. I'm not even sure if I'll let, like, plus ones, because I don't (laughs) think our venue can take that much space. Wait, so the leap from 20 to 82 in just one year, would you credit yourself? Would you credit yourself, Leo, as being Uh, the main driver of that? No, I'd rather not take credit (laughs) for giving myself more stress. Of course not. But, okay, um, what I'm gathering from this is, so both of you have been Hubmasters before. Um, and I think Leo, you were the hubmaster in 2016, but you also attended in 2015 and Aiden, you and I both got involved in fountain pens in 2015, but we didn't attend the hubs until 2016. Um, yeah, like Sydney and pretty much nowhere apart from Melbourne in Australia had a hub in 2015. I remember seeing that, yeah. I applied for it, but we didn't get the minimum seven people Mm -hmm. in 2015 (laughs) uh, because I found out like a day before (laughs) and I registered and obviously not enough people registered in that day. And yeah, so Sydney didn't have one in 2015, though we had our own. And (laughs) then 2016, we had 38. Pretty good for the first year, yeah. And then 59 this year and... Hopefully not too I, many next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully we get lots of people, but it's going to be hard finding places to actually hub people. Yeah, that's always the trick. If we have too many more. Because I, I, yeah. I see some hubs with over 100 people, or I think some have nearly 200 people. Uh, historically, the top two are always in Taiwan because yeah. they have a massive community. I think last year they were running around like 180 people from Taipei and over 200 in uh, I think Tainan or Taichung, which is the other the other cities. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately, the people who run those are um, in Taipei. It's I think Mr. Lee from the Ty Lee Pen Store, and, mm. and so they have a location. Uh, it was a bit packed. Yeah, but, but they're already made location. Yes, and the one in the other part of Taiwan <laughs> was run by a guy who runs a bookstore. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yes, yeah, a free location. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's interesting that um, I think the size of the hubs has nothing to do with the number of fountain pen users in that community in that city. It, it's more to do with how organised and how well connected they are um, with one another. I mean, Sydney, I don't think had any more fountain pen users 
last year than it did in 2015. But we just we we were more organized and we knew where the hubs were. We got together. We we signed up. Um, so both of you, because you've had that prior experience of running the hubs, what would you say you've done differently this year? Um, oh, Leo, let's start with you. Uh, it's been fairly easy. I mean, Pelican usually supplies a few incentives for people to come, and the rest is just making sure in your email you say, hey, remember to um, bring some pens. We don't care what pens you bring. Uh, remember to have some paper to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you'll have nothing to write on. Of course. And, and then you can let the people just run amok, because there'll easy always going. be... yeah. Like, like there'll always be people who, who who want to speak more or speak less, and people will be happy to listen and like participate as necessary. Do you expect, Leo, um, this year since I, you went from twenty to eighty-two? Yes. Do you expect there will be a different vibe um, at the Hong Kong Hub? Uh, I believe that the more people you have, the less that gets done, <laughs> because I'm part of the local, like the main local fountain pen group yeah. on Facebook. It's the Fountain Pen Intelligence Agency. Is that what it's called? Bracket, brackets yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah, it, it makes more sense in Chinese than English. Ah. They've held events where maybe like up to 70 people could, could apply to come. And we've discovered that most of them don't care about the food. And then you, just, you, you, you can pretty much just leave people alone on like their <laughs> tables and, and they just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah, the talking is is what mostly gets done. I find. Yes. I mean, I mean, they they schedule these things at six thirty at night, so mm-hmm. um, it's generally not ideal time to be um, looking at pens under you know ideal light circumstances. So yes. I mean, you can show them around, you can get a feel for pens, but it, it's not um, it's not the best sort of environment for show and tell. But um, Aiden, how would you say um, your approach has changed to changed this year compared to last year? Are you expecting well, different things? From on the night, not too much different. From the organisational perspective, it was a lot easier this year. I spent a lot of time looking around for a place last year that could fit a large group of people that would have something for dinner and wouldn't require substantial deposits. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I just went back to the place we had it last year. Um, <laughs> so it was a phone call. It was about two phone calls explaining what we were doing, explaining that we were there last year and that we wanted to come back. And they're like, yep, sweet, not a problem. They've seen a lot of us over the years. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they've actually put two and two together that we're the same group that keeps coming in and destroying their uh, bench tops with ink. We don't. um, Come on. Well, we don't. Let's not name this place so they won't make the connection. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so most of the time we don't. Last year on the inspecting... uh, pens i'm going to say that one of my dream grail pens i know that that's a loaded term in the fountain pen community i actually got to hold for the first time and inspect and (sighs) sigh longingly about it and wish that i could buy Mm. one yeah leo it's it's (laughs) the m800 shuanwu uh limited edition yeah that one Leo, Aiden keeps and a photo. Aiden keeps a photo of this um, pen <laughs> on his on his phone, and he looks at it dreamily, <laughs> as he would um, a photo from I don't know one of those dating apps. <laughs> one of those dating apps. Thanks. Uh, I don't Thanks. use those dating apps, so um, that tells you more about me than I care to divulge. Anyway, um, getting back I think, to okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, last year I rent. Uh, like I just booked a table in the cafe this year. I've had to actually put down money on the venue. Mm. Like I, I had to find an actual place that holds like networking events or whatever it was, and yeah. and, and, and put down a substantial deposit. And, and and then the hard part becomes uh, like asking people in the email saying, "Hey, this is a really big location. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to accept some sort of like donations or something to to actually make sure I don't go broke holding this event." Yeah, because Aiden and I, um, we talked a little bit before numbers were confirmed, and I think we discussed whether or not we ha- might have to consider raising some funds to put down a deposit uh-huh. and hire the venue. But um, luckily, the, the place we ended up picking doesn't require the deposit. Um, but if next year we go over 60 or 80, then it can become <laughs> <Yes>. an issue <laughs> and we'll have to think about um, other alternatives. Yeah. So to change course a little bit, um, yes, I think... So we're in, Aiden and I, we're in Sydney. 
Um, and Leo, you're in Hong Kong, although I yep. think you come down to Australia quite often. Yep. How would you describe um, the fountain pen, the fountain pen scene in your respective cities? Um, is it large? Is it well communicate? Uh, is it well connected? Um, what would you say is the unique feature about it? Leo, let's start with you. Uh, in Hong Kong, I, I, I think so. So as I said, we have a Facebook group, and it's grown pretty large in the past year and a half since I joined. Uh, we currently have around nine thousand members. Wow. And and the admins are very active about organizing events, uh, moderating the discussion, and, and, and so uh, I I also personally run a public uh, meetup using that Facebook group every Saturday morning. So yeah, I've seen photos and drawings <laughs> from those sun- Saturday yes. morning breakfasts. So uh, so so I, I I think that sort of helps. Like like the more events you run, the more people know each other, and and like talking to people online is one thing, but being able to like mm-hmm. see them in person, like say hi, really really helps increase cohesion yeah. of of the community in general. Yeah. And so I, I think we might not have a load of people, but I'd say nine thousand is is quite a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are just lurkers, and, uh, that, and, that and, goes and for... they just watch. Yeah, I okay. know this because someone puts up an eBay link, and within five minutes, the, the listing is gone. Uh, that's sort of scary stuff. And so, yeah, I, I think um, the people here have done a really good job. Every time there's a big event, the turnout is like like reaches max maximum capacity within a very short amount of time. And that's so, been a recent growth. I mean, just in the last couple of years, would you say? Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's incredible. How about you? Yeah, just having. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. It, it's just like having Facebook to to just increase awareness. You're right in that it, it, it's not like more people like found defense. I mean, there are more, but but it hasn't grown massively. It's just like being able to have Facebook and like increase awareness of found defense in general that has helped push like the pop the popularity up. I'm pretty sure um what what Facebook and social media in in general just does is um if you were an addict on the scale of um one to ten, if you were a two when you got involved. Um, yep. within a couple of months, you'll be pushing like eight, nine, ten very quickly <laughs> yes. and, in, and, um, getting more and more of your friends involved as well. I think that's what, um, social media does. It, it drives your obsessions. It cranks them up a notch or seven. Absolutely. Um, Aiden, how would you describe yes. our community in, in Australia or in Sydney more specifically? Uh, in Sydney, it's really active. Um, we do have semi-regular meets based on the uh, Pelican Hubs because, as I said, we weren't able to have our own in 2015. And we do use Facebook a lot as well. So we have the Fountain Pen Oceano, which is uh, highly linked to the Nib section. A group that, that you uh, administer. Yes, I, I administer it. Uh, and, yeah, so we have a lot of activity on Facebook. We have a lot of people who discuss... Um, fountain pens on there we also have an off-topic group so which has really helped for people to get to know one another without being fountain pen related so all the other hobbies keyboards watches and there was a really big D thread at one point so everyone gets to know them the people that are posting as people not oh this is my pen and they just know what pens people have. So I feel like everyone knowing each other and knowing each other rather well because mm-hmm. it's been what two years since we met Diana? Um, yeah. Maybe Pretty. more because... No, a little less because I, I met you for the first time in November of 2015. Oh, yeah. Because my girlfriend was showing me a post she made about her uh, first gold nib and that was almost, that was a little over two years ago. It came back up on Facebook a couple of days ago. <laughs> in memories. And so, yeah, in her memories, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like I finally got a gold nib. I my first gold nib was a Pelican M eight oh five and she sat Yeah, that was I, I didn't take things uh slowly. <laughs> and yeah, she she'd been wanting a gold nib ever since she felt the quality difference between my eight oh five and the Twisbees we'd started with. That's quite a leap from Twisbees to Pelican eight oh five. But yeah, it's, it, it it is, but it was worth it, so but it's good that, that I think that was your very first Pelican, Aiden. Yes, it was my first Pelican. I've grabbed a couple since. Pelican has wonderful things. Like my 805 sits on my desk constantly. And right now I've got it inked up with the latest and greatest meme-worthy ink. So it looks fantastic in the body because I got the Demonstrator Limited Edition. Because I, I have a soft spot for demonstrators. 
You do. Proper demonstrators. Yes, proper demonstrators. <laughs> not clear pens. Um, Leo, um, not to name and shame you, but um, uh-huh. how many pelicans would you say are in your collection? I can count them right now. I have, I think I have like five or six. Oh, that's, that's uh, pretty good. It's it's not bad. I mean, I, I remember a Pelican M215 was the first Pelican I bought quite a few number of years ago. And that's all I had for years. And then in January, I found a M900 mm-hmm. for a ridiculously cheap price. And, and then it's just been downhill ever since then. Now I have like old, old tortoiseshells. M500s, M800s. I know because um, I know you like the the broader nibs on I do on the European pens. So I think yes. Mont Blanc and Pelican seem like a natural fit for what what you're currently pursuing. Yes, I like my stubs, so so I'm not I'm I'm chasing the the, the BBs and the OBBs. Oh, nice. Good man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm I'm a big fan of super broad nibs as well. Yes. Well, and yeah. on that note, I'm going to say that I have one Pelican. It's a 400NN, um, a German vintage um, with a Kugel nib. <laughs> and uh, it's rarely inked because the piston's a little bit sticky and I don't want to wear it out. But I will be bringing it to the Pelican hub so that I at least have one Pelican with me. And I'm not a complete fraud. Um, speaking of the hubs again, um, what I have understood is that both of you are quite active in your respective um, cities, fountain pen communities, but um, the Pelican Hub itself is maybe not, for example, the focal point of your year's activities. Unlike it might be in some cities where there's not a very active, constantly meeting community. Um, would you agree with that statement? Uh, yes, I can totally see that. Um... If Hong Kong was any quieter, I, I'm sure Pelican Hubs would be like this amazing thing to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like once upon a time, uh, the Pelican Hub was pretty much the only fountain pen event I knew of. And, and, and then and then I joined the Facebook group and now I'm, I, I see everyone like once a week as opposed <laughs> to once a year. Yeah. yeah. Aiden. Yeah, like it was because the Sydney fountain pen scene really only exploded about two years ago in november when we met because we we're both there at the first one we had something like 11 seven, 11 I think. 11 people, people. Mm. tiny amount of people and now we're getting because i'm fully expecting to have mid 70s numbers of people walking up mm. on at the hub yeah because hell some of the people they're not really active on social media and actually miss the registration <laughs> who were there last year yeah. Um, they forgot about is it. One, there, oh. there is, and they've contacted me since and said, "Can I come along?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." You get so, some. You get some massive collectors who just aren't regularly on social media and they don't hear yeah. about what's going on. Okay, yeah, I see so, where you're coming from. Yes. Yeah. So they yeah, just rock so up. What <laughs> so what I'm probably going to do is the moment Pelican announces 2018, I'm going to send out an email to anyone who's come to a Sydney meet mm-hmm. or at least registered because they're the only ones I have the emails for and. Say, people, remember to register for this year. That's a great idea. Because, yeah. I, I still have all the emails from last year. Even if I don't become Hubmaster next year, I'll definitely be wanting people to be active with it because Pelican is one of my favorite brands. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting there looking at the <laughs> M600 white stripe at the moment going, oh, oh, I, I need that. I need that. Um, <laughs> if, you're, and- if you're ever going to become a collector of anything, of any fountain pens, yeah, I think, um, Aiden, you're going to go into Pelicans. Yeah, like, I, I'm not a huge collector of, in general, which is why I have, well, I have very few pens in general. I've only got about 10 high-end pens, and of them, three are Pelican, and they're some of my favourites, and I do need to get myself, like, an oblique, oblique double-broad Pelican. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, maybe I can, because I, I actually do have my, I have a wish list to actually get to the pelican factory and go on their tour and then get one of their special nibs yes so yeah i'm not sure which pen i'd put it in i'd probably buy a whole new pen for it um <laughs> i tend to be like that but when they come yeah, out with so a one one thousand demo aiden they already haven't one thousand demo oh do they okay it's ridiculously ridiculously expensive and i it's <laughs> a it's a choice between that chuan wu and the demonstrator in price and i'm oh okay I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely trying to find the Zhuang Wu first because that is, yes, it is a stunning pen. Yes. And, yes, so, yeah, 
I would be definitely collecting pelicans if I had it. Um, but they are amazing, amazingly constructed, beautiful, and yeah. and they speak to the engineer in me because they are so very German. <laughs> um, they are fantastically practical and ergonomic because I'm really finicky with how pen sections are, and the taper on the se- on a pelican section is just. Okay, I'm not going to lead you into um, this whole debate (laughs) about Pelican versus Mont Blanc, so let's just move along. um, (laughs) Let's move along to the next topic. Um, So, speaking Hubmaster to Hubmaster, technically, um, you guys are all on the online platform that the Pelican um, team have set up for Hubmasters, and this is a platform where Hubmasters for that particular year can share tips and advice, photos and ideas. Um, do you find this platform, this exchange of ideas useful? Yeah, yeah. I, I got a lot out of it last year. Um, More for first timers. Yeah, I help and comment on them this year. But last year we had people um, showing, like experienced Hubmasters from previous years, showing mm-hmm. what they were doing, um, how they were going in, how they were helping to engage their participants and to make the organization easier yeah uh because when because i like to make sure that everyone who attends gets the gift that they were promised so i check off every name it also turns around so i can send pelican an email going this many actually rocked up in sydney Mm -hmm. and just the little things on the organization that were shared between hubmasters were really handy the ideas of how to package the gifts because pelican brought uh, sent them out last year in big boxes with just the gifts and we were adding uh name tags this year and bags to carry them in and all those sorts of things just bag make, of goodies yeah a bag of goodies so you can go here's your gift thank you <laughs> and tick your name off so yeah Leo, um, and, oh no, um, yes. Leo. What's the what's the best tip or the most useful um, piece of advice you've seen on the platform from other uh, hubmasters? From from the online uh, the, the hub where they all where we all share ideas. I think the best ones are like the, the hubmasters who share how their proceedings will go. Because <laughs> as, as someone who runs these things, I have no idea. Like, how much time should I give to this? Or like how much time, how much time should I give to, to, to like making sure people like chat or, 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 or do different stuff? And it's just cool seeing like these organizers saying, "Hey, we're we're gonna talk here, and then and, and then we'll just totally just chat pens for for this amount of time before we do uh, like spend half an hour or an hour like 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 uh, handing out the gifts and stuff." Yeah. Um. Personally, I think the most illuminating thing I've I've discovered from the online group is how diverse the proceedings are from city to city. So it varies a lot depending on where you are, um, how large the hub's going to be, what kind of venue you're booking out. Um, Because if you have, you know, um, 16 people and you're not in a sort of conference style ballroom or whatever then it, it seems a bit over the top maybe to um to have like a slideshow or whatever um yeah. <laughs> so you can make it as as um very detailed very structured or as freewheeling as you like um and yeah. i like that sort of personal touch and it's 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 kind of good seeing other people because it takes some anxiety off you um yes because you can sort of do what you like you can take tips that you like and ignore the ones that you don't like or that you don't think will suit um, your particular hub. Um, what I'd like to see more, though, um, in the future, as as the hub um, becomes, uh, let's see, as it goes into its fifth or is it sixth year next year? It would be the sixth. No, the fifth. Uh, 2018 would be the fifth hub. Um, what I'd like to see more is yeah. having – old hub masters um, in the same city communicate with current ones. So what I'm seeing now is I think on the Facebook group, the hub masters for a particular year, they, they can chat and they can talk. And generally speaking, um, hub masters for a particular year will go on to maybe do it for the next year. But so if next year Aiden decides not to become a hub master, it'd be good to have like a sort of structured succession um a way for him to pass on advice information um whether it's like a guest list maybe of people that he might want to contact um to next year's hubmaster and that's something I, I don't think pelican currently organizes but i'd like to see that maybe next year maybe yeah, they'll, something... they'll, they'll encourage it but they but i i think like like just just between between people 
Yeah. You could totally organize it yourself. Yeah, it's something, yeah, we definitely look into organizing ourselves. Um, so the hashtag, the official hashtag for September 22nd, 2017 is hashtag Pelican Hubs with the S. The S is very important because every year <laughs> I will search on Instagram and there are people who are posting pictures under Pelican Hub without the S. <laughs> and it drives me nuts. So um, does it surprise you to see um, how many people are involved from year to year? Um, all these people in countries that, I don't know, you, you never expect to see people becoming so, so enthused about fountain pens. I mean, you'd expect maybe in, in Europe, I think, where a lot of the pen makers are, where they have quite a lot of presence, um, to see a lot of fountain pen users there. But also, you know, like in India, um, across um, Asia, a little less in Asia, but um, now in Australia, it's it's it seems um, quite surprising. I think. I think uh, it, it's not too surprising if, if if you're always on Fountain Pen Network or the Facebook groups <laughs> and you see like just people from all over the world posting. Yeah. But I think the more surprising thing to the people in the Hong Kong group who are watching the numbers was that Ireland had had only had like six people or something. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. Is it because no? Oh. I don't know. I'm, I'm making assumptions. I I know the the person running the the, the, the Irish hub. Yeah. Uh, and and they were like, I don't know. It it, it just happens. It, mm-hmm. It's just everyone's too far apart. So, so yeah, so it's very hard to get to like a main city. That's a big issue so, like, too. Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, unlike in Europe where everyone's very close together and it's a little bit more, yes, very close. Good traffic, Aiden. Um. For such a small city, um, I think we are in Sydney disproportionately large. Would you say? Oh, I wouldn't say Sydney's ridiculously small. Um, I mean, we do have a large proportion of fountain pen, active fountain pen users for a city of our size. Mm-hmm. But that's but, that's down to. But um, we yeah. also have. I was noticing on one of the. Um, American cities. I'm actually going on to Pelican's Perch at the moment to check because um, they have a US city that has something like 400,000 people and attendance of over 80 or 90. Yeah. They're. That's yeah, it's like crazy. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I'm scanning the website, the Pelican's Perch, right now. I think it's either. Portland or something. Mm-hmm. Ah, Portland. That, yeah, so they've got this tight. They've got maybe ten percent of Sydney's population, mm-hmm. and they've got more attendees. To put in perspective, you and I are were up on at Newcastle on the weekend, mm-hmm. and that felt like a country town. Yeah, that's half this a million. City is yeah, this city is the same size as Newcastle, and they're pulling numbers at the hub as the same size as Sydney with a really active thing. They've they've got a really active fountain pen community in that city. So bravo! I, yeah, yeah it's like. Great. I'm super impressed. I'm like, wow, yeah. how do you get people that active? Okay, um, um, if there are any listeners from Portland, um, share with us. What is your secret? Um, just write to us and email us if you can. Yeah. So, so. Um, just to share a personal story, um, a friend of mine, Laura in Austria, um, she's the Twitter friend that I mentioned earlier. She she went to the hubs in 2015, and that was before I really got involved in fountain pens online. And recently um, I got in touch with her um, just to tell her what I was doing and share the podcast with her. And she's like, oh my goodness, I I can't believe you guys in Australia (laughs) um, around something so niche that you can build a community. It it always surprises me, I think, when I see the world through this particular lens. And it's always surprises me how much, how many of us there are. Um, And it's inspiring. It's great. Yes. Um, so looking into the future, um, we talked a little bit about maybe um, succession planning and how to communicate um, experience from year to year. But how else would you like to see the hubs evolve? Um, Aiden? Oh, having them evolve. Well, I'm greedy, so I'd like more of them. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but... More, like, more gifts, you mean? More gifts. <laughs> That's a subtext. More, uh, more meetups, like more Pelican, like more official meetups as well. Because some people they ask me, "Oh, am I allowed to have a Pelican? Like, am I allowed to come since I don't own any Pelicans?" And it's like, "Yes, yes, you can." Mm-hmm. Like, it's to appreciate Pelicans. Like, Pelican also makes inks, 
Like, I'm pretty sure the reason why I ended up being Hubmaster last year was because of my Edelstein collection, which is, apart from Amber, almost complete. Um, yeah, I've, I even this year managed to track down a bottle of tourmaline, so I'm Ooh. pretty happy about that. That's the orangey-brown? Um, no, tourmaline... Oh, Amber's orangey-brown, okay. tourmaline's pinkish. All right. Uh, yeah, so I used Edelstein inks very regularly in quite a few of my pens, especially my Twisbees um, and my Pelicans. So maybe more events built around um, ink yeah, releases like, and... Because they release a lot of stuff every year, new releases yeah, are very well, regular. They haven't they have ink of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got their standard Edelstein line, which I think last year's Aquamarine was popular enough that it became regular this year. Yeah. And they also have their inks of the year, which... Generally, once they sell out, they don't come back. Mm. Well, Alex, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> bring back Amber. Leo. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, so I have to move it's this along. easy to get a handle. <laughs> I have to uh, move this along because we're running short on time. Um, how would you like to see the hubs evolve, Leo? I think they're doing a good job already. I, it's because like Pelican isn't quite like Montblanc where they have both heats, so they can't run as many like shows every year. Uh, whereas like Montblanc totally runs events. For any old reason, uh, and they have this Montblanc club or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pelican, you know, if sorry, Pelican is, is sort of crowdsourcing their their yes. events. Yes, like the crowdsourcing, which means they can't like make some sort of like like more centralized organization, which probably works for them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future, they might maybe we'll get a Pelican boutique. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one day. It it actually surprised me when I was traveling in um in China how how little a presence Pelican has on mainland China. Mm. Like almost I've only none. seen like one Pelican boutique, and that was in Malaysia. In Malaysia, okay, yeah, yes, they've got a lot of room to expand. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. um, is there anything else you guys would like to add? Anything you want to share? Like something that's happening with you guys that um you want to draw some attention to leo uh if you're in hong kong like if you're visiting hong kong hit up the fountain pen intelligence agency uh brackets hong kong we'll put the link up yes thank you uh and just drop a message saying hey you'll be in town and you can totally join one of our saturday breakfast pen meets awesome do i skip the queue if i get to hong kong Absolutely, <laughs> I might get to see whatever I Wonderful. Like. Breakfast. Who gets up that early? Uh, not you. More room for me. <laughs> Aiden. Um. No. No. I'm. I'm pretty good. And yeah. So if you're coming to Sydney, joining Fountain Pens Oceana is definitely a great way to arrange people. We don't have quite as regularly as every Saturday morning, but we generally have a FPO meetup monthly and if someone is traveling and hits us up anyone who's available generally has like a mini meetup um, I can attest to that yes <laughs> yes they actually found us and um, had meat made for him as well so yes it doesn't get everyone because we do live busy lives here in Sydney but um, yeah You'll often get 10, 15 people to meet up with in Sydney. We live busy lives. Around. But um, more importantly, yeah. Sydney's very spread out and um, public transport isn't the best. So um, advance notice is always good. Yes, so, yes yeah. definitely. <laughs> so um, thank you, both of you, for talking with me. Um, and good luck to you. I'm sure the hubs will be a great success this year. Thank you. Okay, thanks for your time. Bye. Bye. All right. Now, in the last episode, we asked the poll question, what brand other than Pelican would you most like to see organize regular events for the Fountain Pen community? Now, our results are, the top three brands we would most like to see organize events are Sailor with 35.7%, Pilot second with 28.6%, and Lemmy with 14.3%. Uh, that's pretty surprising to me. I didn't, I didn't think Sailor would take the, the front spot. Um, the the rankings, I suppose. I'm not I'm not super surprised about the brands in particular. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you guys? Um, I'm not surprised at all. Um, to be honest, um, we did a poll recently of everyone's favorite pens in FPO, Fountain Pens Oceania and Sailor Pilot, and um, I think Visconti and Lamy. They all came up near the top. Um, and they're both, brand- sorry, all three of them are brands that have pens that are on the lower end, um, the introductory level, as well as higher end pens. So um, I think they cover a broad um, scope in terms of market. What about yeah. you, Aiden? Yeah, so like looking at the uh, 
market for uh, fountain pens with Sailor, Pilot, and Lamy. They do, as Diana said, scale across the entire thing. Pelican is mainly up high-end, although it does have entry-level ones as well. Mm, Pelicanos. Uh, the, yeah, the Pelicanas, the Stillos, and whatnot. Plus, they have great inks that are easily and readily available. Whereas brands like Visconti, Montblanc, um, Graf, they don't have as much in the low end. You don't get as many people owning them because they're not easy for uh, beginners to start with. So I'm not surprised at all. Um, something Leo... Um, oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Um, something Leo mentioned, which was interesting. Um, he said... Holding these sorts of regular events, you really do need on the ground contacts. You need some sort of a base. And Mont Blanc does that through its boutiques, which are very widespread. Um, there's one in basically every major city and, um, developing, con- developed countries and including some developing countries. Um, in Japan, however, Sailor Pilot Platinum, I believe they organize regular events through Japanese stationery stores. Um, we have right. we have less of that, I believe, in Australia. Um, less pen events held through pen stores. I know, I think Penultimate um, or the Pen Shop in Australia. They do have some some events um, organized by Pilot and Mont Blanc, but um, not so much on the low end of the market. I was I was going to say that out of the three, for like you know your cursory cursory glances, sailors like the most aloof brand, at least here in Australia. Mm. Like I feel like Pilot and Lamy are working a little harder to make themselves more accessible. Yeah. But Sailor's very yeah. active in Japan. I mean, they have really yeah. good relationships with the lo- their local stores. That would be why they have all of those store exclusives. And Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, but even though Sailor isn't as entry friendly they do have a massive range and in the mid-range so it's if you're an enthusiast that isn't going all out on boutique limited editions sailor is very easy to get into yeah. in a large amount like and sailor many, also <laughs> yeah I was... how many people do we know that own at least three <laughs> or four sailors <laughs> and um as a, a massive sailor fan myself i have i have over a hundred i think of their inks and about two dozen of their pens. Um, I have to say, sailors are very, very collectible. So, sailor, if you're in Australia and you want to organise an event through us, just you know, hook us up, email us. Yeah, very and cool. It's not like people don't know my opinions on sailor inks. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, pretty much my daily writing ink is Yamadori, and I have it inked up in at least four pens at the moment. So, don't you I have get yourself confused? Too. Yeah. No, like they're all different nib widths. You can instantly tell which pen I wrote with. I can't do that. I I never have more than one pen. I, I have I never have more than one pen inked. Sign up. <laughs> what was my What was my What was the title Chuck introduced me as? <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> the ink monogamist. Uh, I have I have inked uh, four pens with the same ink once when I was just trying to get the dregs out of a bottle, just finish it off. But uh, never, never normally. It's, the way, it's one the, at a time. The way you finish off a bottle is you get a pipette or a syringe and you do ink splats. That's what you do with leftover ink. Uh, I, I, I uh, should try to no, do that. That's not what we do, Diana. <laughs> uh, we, we store and save as much Yamadori as possible. Yeah. I was going to say Sailor Inks is probably the area of most overlap between you two. We've got, we've got some feedback that a lot of us agree with each other because uh, we'll we'll lead up to that there are some there are some definite disagreements absolutely uh, and they'll be displayed in full force in upcoming episodes especially ones about visconti <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, all right well let's uh let's take it over to the news uh, diana do you want to take the lead on some of the news today yeah absolutely so um this episode there is no new poll um but before you come banging on our doors with torches and pitchforks, let me tell you why. So I'll be traveling overseas for work in October, the first half of October. And luckily I knew about this quite far in advance, so um, I'm well planned for it. And I wanted to make sure that we still put out an episode every fortnight. 
Um, I know this is my first official appearance on the podcast and it does and it does look like I don't actually do anything but one thing I do get to do is organize the recording schedule so my workaround is basically we're going to be recording the next three episodes on the same day in one massive recording session and all those episodes will be released according to the regular release schedule we're just recording some well in advance unfortunately this does make poll results um, and scheduling the release of poll results a big mess um, but I still want to hear from our listeners and to incorporate their comments into these shows that we're recording in advance. Um, so, and that's because we've got some really exciting topics coming up in September and in October. So in the September 26th episode, we'll be recapping the Pelican Hubs um, on October 11th. Sorry, October 10th, we have an episode line up that's going to answer all your questions that are related to fountain pen inks. And in the October 24th episode, we're going to talk about three big brands and their alleged quality control issues. Those three brands are Nakaya, Twisby and Visconti. So Aiden and I are both going to be in that episode. Um, if you have any burning questions about inks, a QC related story about a pen that you'd like to share with us, or if you want to let us know about your experience at the 2017 Pelican Hubs, please email us or comment on our Facebook page. Emails and comments that we receive before September 24th might be featured in those upcoming episodes. So um, in other news, Aiden, you have something you wanted to share? Yeah, there's actually some interesting Visconti news, which is what I do apparently. So Stilograph Corsani, my probably favourite pen retailer of all time, has just announced a new limited edition their corsani octagonal which is spelt funny uh, yes <laughs> it's replaced the g and the o with 90 it's a continuation of their 90th anniversary pen similar to the original corsani 90 in the stacked silver celluloid these are the last 100 visconti celluloid pens that they're making because of the difficulties with celluloid uh, they're only available from Stilograph Corsani, and they're made in the Brunelleschi uh, faceted design. So if you want a really limited, beautiful pen, that's just been announced. I saw the photos um, for this the, on Facebook, and this oh, is yes. the Wall Street celluloid, yeah. isn't it? Yes, yes, the stacked silver. Yeah, it, It's starting to get not Wall Street because it's used in everything but <laughs> Wall Street pens these days. Um, but yes, this is the last of the silver and probably all the other colours that mm. weren't enough to make a full range in red, blue or green. Yeah, it's it's really impressive looking. Yes. I do um, love an octagonal pen. Yes, yes. The other news for Visconti is that Visconti has, and I've heard this from two separate places, discontinued their double broad nibs. So if you know me or Tavit who occasionally hosts or... What Christina, a tragedy. We, it is a tragedy. <laughs> it, they, their double broad nibs are absolutely phenomenal. So I'm trying to pick up as many of them as I can in the short period of time left before they're all gone. Yeah, so if you want a double broad, now would be a good time to hit up your retailer. So uh, can I clarify, uh, or can I get a clarification? The BB nibs, do you just, can you order them in specifically? I mean, or do you, do you just Depending go and beg, on... beg your retailer? Uh, bit of A, bit of B. Um, some, I know that you can make an order through uh, LCDC because hmm. I've had a friend who's made, made an order and bought one separately. Other retailers will only let you buy them with a pen. Hmm. So Yeah, so grab them while um, they're still there. So they're not making yeah, them anymore. Definitely, yeah, they're not making them anymore. So good luck with that. But yes, it's definitely a shame because we've seen a whole bunch of other retailers really minimizing the number of nibs that they produce and um so, i got to try your visconti bb um a couple of weekends ago in newcastle aiden and yes i quite like that it's quite a stubbish bb it's like um like a mont blanc bb and not like a graph bb for example like the graph bbs are very rounded whereas i thought the visconti ones had nice line variation yeah yeah i quite like the stubbyish uh, more stubby uh, pens others uh, people that I know they prefer the rounded double broads but mm. it's all up to personal taste but whatever they are the double broads from Visconti I've never actually used a bad one I'm sure there is one out there before we get a comment but in my personal experience I've, I've used a few and they've all been heavenly great so um, we'll have a link to Stilograph Corsani and the octagonal um, in our show notes so go and have a look if you're interested um, the other big news in the Australian stationery world in the last couple of weeks, though, was the rebranding of Notemaker as Milligram. Um, 
Notemaker has been in the online retail space here in Australia and New Zealand for 10 years now. Um, so this is their anniversary. And Notemaker was where I bought my first Lamy Safaris, all four of them, and as well as my first Rodia pads and my first Japanese notebooks. So um, going off this media release, which I have in front of me, I think there's a few things to point out. Um, one, if you have a Notemaker account and you already have Friend for Life status with them, um, and that allows you 10% discounts, that status will be carried over to Milligram. Two, Milligram will be opening its first physical store in Melbourne CBD later this year, which is exciting, um, especially for Melbournians. Milligram is also launching its own range of stationary products. Um, it's called the Milligram Studio range, which is designed in Melbourne. And the opening range includes three 2018 diaries, the non-diary, the weekly agenda diary, and the family diary. It also includes three notebook ranges, as well as desk organization tools and a canvas artwork and maps. So um, I've had a look at the pictures of those notebooks and diaries online, and I have to say they are very attractive. Um, most of them have linen covers, which is a nice change to the leatherette covers of Moleskin and Leuchtturm. Um, the 2018 diaries have covers designed in collaboration with Melbourneian artist Betsy Orphan. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Um, but the product description says that the paper used is Italian-milled, fountain-pen-friendly paper produced with the utmost care for the environment. And this, this got me thinking because um, the only Italian paper mill I know of by name is Fabriano. Um, they make art paper, like watercolor paper, drawing paper, as well as some writing paper ranges. And the writing on the copy of the Milligram Studio Notebooks makes me think that the paper they might be using is Fabriano Ecoqua range, which is reasonably fountain pen friendly. Have either of you tried it? Uh, no, I have not. I haven't tried any of the Fabriano at all. No, no, I haven't tried any Italian um, papers, which is really weird for me because I'm a big fan of Italian pens. So, yeah, um, yeah, I haven't seen Fabiano a lot in stores. There, there's an art supply store near where I study on near Broadway in Sydney um, called Cadmium, and they stock some Cadmium, they stock some Fabiano paper. But um, it's not very well known as a brand in Australia. So I'm really curious to see how this works out. Um, so listeners in Australia, if you've tried any Milligram Studio paper products, let us know how they handle fountain pens. Are they ink friendly? Um, and there'll be links to the um, Milligram Studio products as well as the media release on the show notes. All right. Well, uh, let's let's get to our recommendations section. So, uh, Aiden, Dana, uh, what's one thing you're enjoying right now? Not necessarily fountain pen related, but can be. Uh, let's start with Aiden. Yeah. Um, so I've just been I've just been playing uh, a ton of video games to distract myself from the impending doom of my thesis due in seven days. Um, I finished Prey last week. That is, in my opinion, a criminally underappreciated video game. It has a wonderful sci-fi art deco aesthetic with a complex blend of um, creepy horror and action along with questions and an entire theme about consciousness and uh, are you the same person over time? So it... It asks some great questions. It has a wonderful story. The gameplay is amazing. And the level design is, like most immersive sims, really fantastic. So that's what I've been doing most evenings when I've finished writing for the day. It's called Prey? Prey. P-R-E-Y. E-Y. E-Y, yes. Yeah. Um, as in Hunter and Prey. Mm-hmm. Well, what about because you, it, Diana? Um, so... Oh, no, go on, go on, Eddie. Well, yeah, because at times in the game you are both. Hunter so, and Prey. Yes. Okay. Yes. It is a great game and really um, lets you play the game you want to play. So that's my big recommendation. Good stuff. All right, let's, let's go over to Dan again. Um, so I'm going to recommend something that is coming up. Oh, it's just been released recently on DVD. It's a show that first aired about four years ago um, and it was first marketed as this big um, Michael Bay production um, about pirates. It was on Showtime. There was going to be a lot of violence and sex. And um, when it finally aired, it turned out to be this really talky, very Shakespearean, sort of like a Deadwood 
Deadwood-esque, Deadwood-esque take on pirates. And it's a show called Black Sails, and I'm absolutely in love with it. Um, it Its final episode, I think, aired a couple of months ago. So all four seasons now are on DVD. It's uh, it, it, it captures so many of my interests in terms of, you know, revolutionary history, queer history, um, pirates, um, colonialism, all this weird um, slave revolt business, um, really interesting dialogue and characters and storylines. And it's completely unexpected. Forget about Michael Bay. You don't even want to think about him when you're watching it. It's so immersive and really gripping. So black sails. Great stuff. Okay, well, uh, I've got a pretty lighthearted recommendation. But uh, look, if you liked uh, 30 Rock or if you liked uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Tina Fey has a new show out called Good News. And uh, it's got one season out. I've watched it. Uh, it's pretty great. It probably leans more towards the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt side than the 30 Rock side. But the tone is very similar. It's look, just a, a really sharp comedy. It's great. Uh, I enjoy that. It's called Good News. I've never even okay. heard of that, and I watch a lot of television. No. Brand, brand new, brand new. Fabulous. Uh, it'll, it'll like be another eleven months till another season comes out if they get renewed. All but right. uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, okay, so, listeners, uh, we've had Diana Die here today. Yeah. And uh, Aiden O'Brien. Thanks for having us. That's uh, all for us today. Until next time, listeners. Ink well. Future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenimsection.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop onto iTunes, rate us, review us, recommend us to your friends. Want to share your thoughts on something that was discussed, suggestions for future topics, or just want to let us know how we're going? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thenimsection at gmail.com. You can also comment uh, on the Nim Section Facebook page or at the Nim Section on Twitter. The Nim Section is the official podcast of Mount Pants Oceania. Our producers are Diana Dye, Chuck Montano, Patrick Antolovich, and Denise Tang. Recording and editing was done by Patrick Antolovich and Denise Tang. Special thanks this episode goes to Leo Fock and Aidan O'Brien for taking the time to speak to us. Our music was composed by Michael Pierce. Our logo was designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thank you for listening. Thank you.